Good morning. And I'm, I'm still very happy to be saying good morning, just to say that. <laughs> it's not good afternoon, it's not good evening, it's good morning, which is lovely. My name is Morag, and I'm part of the Kingdom Vineyard family. And today I've got the pleasure, as Jim said, of giving you the final talk in our summer series, ahead of that uh, community activity in the park next week. We really have had a joyous time so far with the games on the beach and the games and giveaway day, Jim and the kids' rendition of the Good Samaritan, and Lucy's brilliant talk on all things compassion ministry. So where am I going to take you? I'm going to take a little bit from the last two talks and hopefully take us to other wider applications. The prompt or question that led Jesus to tell the story of the Good Samaritan was this, and who is my neighbor? The vision statement for Kingdom Vineyard Compassion Ministry is, we want to partner with God to share his love and care for our community. In Jesus' story, the question was answered as the one who acted kindly and with compassion. In Lucy's talk, the community we were thinking of was mostly geographical, our surroundings and the people in need who live around us. But I think that the definitions of neighbor and community can be broadened to take in wherever we find ourselves and to whoever we come into contact with. I think we could take this as the definition that Paul had in mind when writing some of his letters. And I've been looking at uh, this week Colossians. It's a letter Paul wrote to a church and people he had never met, but he greets them and encourages them as members of his family, the family of believers. And in this quite short letter, he packs in some grounding theology to keep them on track, some quite specific practical advice for family life, both within the church, at home, and at work. And he finishes with a glorious set of, so-and-so says hello, what's his name, says to tell you, he's doing all right, and if this fellow turns up, could you give him somewhere to stay? That sounds like community to me. And here's what Paul says to this community in Colossians 3, verses 11 to 17. Here, there is no Jew or Gentile, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave or free, but Christ is all and is in all. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, Clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive one another if any of you has a grievance against someone. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body you were called to peace, and be thankful. 
Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. So this section in the letter primarily deals with relationships within the church, illustrating, I think, um, the kind of vineyard everyone gets to play ethos. There's no Gentile or Jew, slave or free, just Christ followers. There's not really a hierarchy. You all get to teach and admonish one another and worship together. Well, as long as you bear with one another and forgive one another, which I think is a good proviso. But look at that challenge in verse 17. Whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus. Whatever you do. That's taking us beyond the walls of the church and out with the immediate family of believers. The next section in Colossians deals with family relationships, wives, husbands, and children. And the only thing I'm going to say on that today is, remember, the prevailing culture of the time was to treat women and children as possessions. And then check out the reciprocal respect that is suggested by Paul. But moving on to the next section, in Colossians 3, verses 22 to 24. Slaves, obey your earthly masters in everything. And do it not only when their eye is on you and to curry their favor, but with sincerity of heart and reverence for the Lord. Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not human masters. Since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward, it is the Lord Christ you are serving. Okay, so it's still problematic to talk about slaves. Slavery is a topic which is still too close and raw for many people and groups. And again, what I'll say is, this was a norm of the culture Paul was speaking to. And again, if you look at the next few verses, the reciprocal relationship, you can see there the reciprocal relationship that was expected from masters. This was essentially the economy of the day. So it doesn't take a great leap, I think, to equate masters with employers and slaves as employees in our culture. And here's the challenge in verse 23. Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord. It's an echo, isn't it, of verse 17. Whatever you do, do it in the name of the Lord. And verse 23 again, whatever you do, do it as if for the Lord. In our home group, we worked through a series uh, of what it looks like to be a Christian on our front line, which just means the area of our lives where we would have most contact with people who are not Christians. 
which could mean your work, your family, your school, the badminton club, or the choir. And thanks to Jean, my home group leader, um, and, this, and that study, I got put onto the work and resources of LICC, which is the London Institute of Contemporary Christianity. Um, they really do support Christians uh, in their workplaces, giving them resources and support to be salt and light wherever they find themselves. And I've been using their 40 Faces, 40 Places daily devotionals for the past few weeks. And they talk a lot about whole life discipleship, which it would appear that some people have a problem grasping or putting into practice. And I thought, well, at least we get that at Kingdom Vineyard. You know, I don't think anyone could be around us for very long without realizing that following Jesus is not just a Sunday thing. <laughs> but then I wondered, do we realize that it is a whatever we do thing? Do we think that God is only there for the quiet time and then clocks out for the rest of the day? Or couldn't possibly care about what I do day to day, nine to five, because it's not Christian? Do we perhaps keep him separate from certain places or relationships? Or have our lives strictly compartmentalized, work, family, church, and no crossover? Paul's letter to the Colossians makes no such distinction. He goes from theology to church to family to work to relationships, treating all as important as each other. There's no secular spiritual divide. Whatever we do, do it in the name of the Lord. Do it as if for the Lord. That mean, means God cares about the kitchen porter just as much as the senior pastor. It means he cares about the business manager just as much as the missionary. Sometimes it might seem in churches that the people who come up the front and get prayed for and celebrated are folks in ministry, or usually in our case, it's people who are leaving. <laughs> but I want to make sure that you know, and I can say this as a spokesperson of KV, knowing that Jim and Rachel and the team will agree with me, and they're slightly panicking right now to see what I'm going to say, <laughs> but I am confident they will agree. God cares about your job, what you do with your nine to five, the whatever you do. And we care about your job, your day-to-day frontline, and whatever you do. We have people in this church who run, own, manage businesses. We have teachers, medics, and carers. We have food producers, analytical chemists, researchers, shop workers, artists, and social workers. And that's by no means an exhaustive list. God cares about it all. And KV cares about and celebrates all you do. I know this to be true because of home groups. That's where the support and the, um, yeah, the caring about it, the celebrating, your, your struggles, your um, triumphs, all gets uh, dealt with in the home groups. And again, 
just say, if you're not in one, please find one. Speak to Jim and Rachel or hello at kingdomvineyard.com. <laughs> but just to say, yeah, when I've been in home group, I've been prayed about and supported in my work. I, I've had prayer for my relationship with my boss, with my colleagues, and I've prayed for people for uni assignments, relationships with colleagues, finding employment, and strength and wisdom to look after children and grandchildren. So, if we've established that God cares about our jobs or our front line, what does that mean and what does it look like? Almost a year ago, in August 2021, I preached about us being a family that brings God, God's kingdom. Now, I don't expect you all to remember exactly what I said. Um, I barely do myself. It is on the website if you care to look at it. But I do remember talking about what we carry as Christians into every place we set foot or where we come into contact with people. God cares so much about our day-to-day -day that he comes with us. We carry the presence of God and the seeds of his kingdom with us. To quote myself, <laughs> it means we can pray for work situations and receive supernatural solutions. What about a care worker that is frustrated with a dementia patient, but he responds to a nudge to play a particular piece of music, and for the first time, that patient smiles and relaxes? What about a business owner that responds to a nudge to invest in a particular product or service, and a number of previously unemployed people get jobs as their business expands? Or the teacher praying every day for their class who spots a child who's struggling because of a home situation and then can get this, that child the sport they need. This is what we carry. I want to add a little bit to that. Sometimes at work, I know this is true for me, you just get caught up in the day-to-day. -day. We go there, do our work, speak to colleagues and come home and maybe feel like we've ignored God. We've not prayed about situations or we've missed an opportunity to talk to someone about Jesus. But because Jesus is not just for Sunday, he's there with us anyway. If we are filled up sufficiently, which this is why we do this, we can come together on Sundays um, to support each other, to get filled up, and then we leak during the week whether consciously or not. To quote a guiding principle from my line of work um, in forensics, it's Lockhart's principle, which says, every contact leaves a trace. People notice the difference a Christian makes in the workplace. It might be a lack of gossip. It might be trying to think the best of people lack of complaining. <clears throat> yeah. But taking the time to care, taking the time with the awkward people, maybe the language you use or don't use. There's, there's that quote, um, you are the only Bible that some people will ever read. 
Now, I've been working for quite a while, but I can count on the fingers of one hand the number of times I've had conversations about Jesus with my colleagues. But every one of them knows that I'm a Christian. I talk about church. I talk about you guys and what we get up to simply because it's part of my life. And my friends and colleagues listen because I listen to their stories of what they got up to at the weekend. They also know that if I say, I'll pray for you or for a situation they've got going on, I mean it. I often get the reaction, I don't really believe that, but I appreciate it. And yesterday, I got to stand up at a colleague's wedding to read the scriptures in their service, which was a lovely honor. And I know it was because that colleague knew I was a Christian and would believe in the importance of what I was reading in a way that his other friends or families wouldn't. It was, it was a delightful honor. And all I do is be honest about what I do with my weekends. Let's take a look at one final passage in Colossians. Colossians 4, verses 5 and 6. Be wise in the way you act towards outsiders. Make the most of every opportunity. Let your conversation be always full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer everyone. I've always kind of felt, rightly or wrongly, uh, intimidated by these verses. It kind of implies that I must stand ready with my testimony and arguments and apologetics ready and to wangle it into conversation. But I kind of like it a bit better the way the message puts it. It says, use your heads as you live and work among outsiders. Don't miss a trick. Make the mess, the most, make a mess, no. Make the most of every opportunity. Be gracious in your speech. The goal is to bring out the best in others in a conversation, not put them down, not cut them out. I like that. The goal is to bring out the best in others in a conversation. If we were to use our heads as we live and work among outsiders, those who we come into contact with who are not yet Christians, making it our goal to bring out the best in others, I think we would be living a radical, counter-cultural way. I have a hero who lived like that. His name is Jesus. Can we go back to uh, the vision statement for our compassion ministry? We want to partner with God to share his love and care for our community. What I've been trying to do this morning is to expand our definition of community. Our community is wherever we find ourselves, wherever we have interactions or relationships. And to see that we partner with God in whatever we do, doing it as if working for the Lord or in the name of the Lord. I hope that as many of you as possible will give your time to compassion projects, meeting the needs of the disadvantaged in our area, 
And as an ex-storehouse manager, I cannot recommend volunteering with Storehouse highly enough. It is an incredible thing to do and so rewarding. You get so much more out of it than you could ever put in. But saying that, I hope that all of us, all of us will take this vision of partnering with God, sharing his love and care into whatever we do. Why don't you stand and I'll pray for us. Thank you, Lord, that you are with us, whatever we do and wherever we are. Would you help me to have the attitude of working as if I was working for you? If there's an area of my life that I've kept you out of, would you break down those walls so that I can truly be a whole life disciple? May we be especially aware of your presence this week and may we live the countercultural life of bringing out the best in others. In your name, Lord Jesus. Amen.